Hey, how are you? Happy Thursday. Let's do six beliefs that are keeping you stuck from quitting drinking. I find this subject to be super interesting because you just never know what has been the thing holding someone back from quitting drinking. And it can be such a wide variety of reasons. It can be a bunch of reasons all all into one. So each one of these that I name is actually the reason that I kept drinking for decades and decades. There's plenty more reasons, but these are six that I thought might relate to you. So let's see why you are stuck. And I want to hear your your responses too. Let me know which one of these are you, which which one is not you. Tell me how you're feeling about these and whether these might be the reasons that you are staying stuck in your drinking cycle. Okay, number one, you're not sure if what you're doing is even that bad. A lot of times we picture in our head the lady who drinks from a paper bag on the side of the road, or we picture somebody who drinks in the morning, or somebody who can't get to work, or who lost their family or their lives because of alcohol. So we don't think what we're doing is really that bad. So we keep telling ourselves that we're okay. And then we just keep chugging along until things really do get bad. But that can be one reason is we we have this image in our head of what that looks like. And if we're not it, then we're in the clear, but not true at all. Having a problem with alcohol could be a number of things. It could be just the brain fog that it causes you. It could be that it gives you six different kinds of cancer. It's been known as a as a cancer-causing agent. It could be that it causes dementia. It could be the financial part of things. I mean, I can't believe I afforded the wine that I drank. Now, using the app that I use, it's called I Am Sober. It's a free app. But using that app, I, it shows me how much money I spent and I just can't believe it. And that was on the low end of things. I mean, I didn't tell it every time, you know, all the brunches and things like that. So it was just calculating my wine per night. And so your reason for wanting to quit drinking could be anything. It could even be because you're being sober curious because you can see that there's a movement happening right now. So just don't think that just because it's not so bad doesn't mean you have to keep drinking. You can totally get out of this cycle. Number two, you're afraid of change. This was big for me. I mean, how many of us have built our lives around alcohol? It is uncomfortable to get sober because you really start to see how much we leaned on drinking. I mean, that's what I did all the time. If the bath was running, if I was making dinner, if I went to see a friend, if a friend called me, that meant it was time to drink. So quitting is really finding the courage to step outside of your comfort zone and to trust yourself a little bit. So afraid of change can be a big one. And that's number two for me because I I really did build my whole life around drinking. And it's hard to get past the three-day mark because of that that change, that It's hard to get. Getting sober can be super uncomfortable, and that's why a lot of us don't make it past the three-day mark. We have to find the courage to step outside those comfort zones and just trust ourselves a little bit because change is good, especially this change. Okay, so number three, you think that you can't quit 
and you quietly think that you're the only one in the whole world who is having this problem. Let me just tell you, I I thought the same thing. I mean, I felt like a monster inside. I felt like a liar, a fraud. I was drinking my weight in wine, yet trying to be this great mom and trying to be a good friend. And I just really felt like I was the only one. And I felt like I had this big secret. And I know that most women, because I talk to a lot of women now, and I know that most of us just can't believe it's gotten this far. We're like, how how did it get to be this much where I'm, I'm needing and relying and dependent on this wine? But you think it's only you because your friends seemingly are able to drink and hold their own and everything's fine and they're not fighting with their husbands or going to jail or whatever it is, but you don't really know what's going on because they're afraid to tell you. If you're afraid to tell them, they're afraid to tell you. So there are just a lot of women walking around wondering how this happened and thinking that they're the only ones and that they should be some kind of outcast. And I want you to know that you don't have to have a label. You don't have to tell anybody you're an alcoholic. You don't have to be an outcast. You can simply decide to quit because you're not loving how alcohol is showing up in your life anymore. I mean, some of these reasons, sure, but like, how do you feel deep down? Don't you feel like this is just not serving you anymore? There just comes a time. It's just not cute. It's not serving us. And there are so many women feeling the same. So just know that you're not alone. And then number four, you are scared to death to even think about what your life might look like without alcohol. And that that was big for me too, because everybody knew me as the party girl. I was always the fun one. Well, I thought I was fun, but actually looking back, it was pretty gross, like dancing on bars, getting thrown out of places, cussing out friends, peeing in places I shouldn't be, like just gross. But I thought it was fun. But I built my life around being this party girl. So when I imagined people finding out that I was no longer the party girl, I just couldn't believe what they might think and if if they would be let down. I just can't even believe I let the thoughts of others and how others might see my sobriety even hold me back for just even one second. So we spend a lot of our lives trying to avoid discomfort. We try to make our lives as comfortable and as um, conflict-free as possible and avoiding discomfort. So that used to be including alcohol because alcohol told us this is the only way you can relax. This is the only way you can have fun. And so that's what we've done. We've used it as a crutch in all of these different ways and all of these different areas in our lives. So to be without it makes us feel very uncomfortable. But I can show you how you can learn how to replace the alcohol and start rewarding yourself a little bit differently, a lot differently. And eventually you feel great and you don't need it and there's no crutch and you just are living your very best full life and you're no longer spent spending time being terrified. Number five, you fear failing. This was ginormous for me. Of course, I don't know. I'm a Capricorn. I try to be an overachiever. I want everything to be okay. I want to succeed. And I wondered if I failed, what would happen? Not to mention my mom failed, right? So her failure equaled death. So to me, trying to quit drinking and failing meant the kiss of death. I was like, if I fail, then I'm going to die and that's it. So I cannot fail. I cannot relapse. So I was like, well, I better not even try because Lord knows what happens if I, if I try and fail. So I did nothing. I kept drinking. I just kept drinking for fear. 
Then when I was just deciding to quit, I was thinking about, oh my God, well, what if I succeed? Who am I going to be? Am I going to be that like boring girl in the corner? Am I going to be the girl everyone wishes wasn't there? Am I, you know, who am I even going to be? Because alcohol was my middle name. That is who I have been since I was 13 years old. I was a drinker from 13 on. And yes, it was to cover up a lot of pain and a lot of trauma. So there, you know, there are times when we do have to look within and see what it is that caused this to begin with, but we're not going to stay there. We're not going to stay stuck on that. We're going to acknowledge it and we're going to keep going. That That is the difference between myself and AA is that I am not going to stay stuck on why. We're not. We don't need to. We just, you know, let's touch on it for a moment. Don't let it get too deep and too heavy because the forgiveness and the softness is going to come anyway. That's going to come later. So we don't have to dive into this stuff. It'll come on its own when we're in a place that we can handle it, which is when we're sober for a year or more. So um, sorry, I got on a tangent there. But if you fear failing or you feel success, that's a normal, normal human emotion. And we don't want to fail or be ashamed or, you know, feel like we're failing. And if you do happen to fail, if you do happen to relapse, you likely won't die, even though my mom did, but she did it a hundred thousand times. This isn't relapsing with like, you know, hardcore like crystal meth or heroin or something or fentanyl or whatever that thing is that's killing people now. This is, you know, you're not going to die from one relapse. And it's not really a failure. It's a learning experience. But you have to get up and you have to dust yourself off and try again. You can't stay stuck. So that's that's the word for the, for the day is unstick yourself. I know that's not just a word. But the word for the day is stuck. This podcast is six things keeping you stuck. And you just don't want to stay stuck, right? You always want to get up, dust yourself off, and keep going. If you're afraid of failure, you don't even have to tell anybody. Tell me. And I will be your confidant. You don't have to tell your friends so that you don't have to be worried about if you fail, they'll find out and they'll know you did, you couldn't do it to begin with or whatever. Just tell me, tell someone. And then number six, you think that you won't be fun anymore. So this, I love this one because, of course, if my middle name was drinking and having fun and dancing on bars, then the shock factor when I thought about myself not drinking I just didn't even know who was I going to be? Was I going to be any fun anymore? What I can say about that is, this is probably not the most fun answer either, is that there it's going to be a different kind of fun. You're not going to really want to dance on bars. Your core values are going to be higher. You're going to be more aligned with yourself. So you're not really going to put yourself in positions that feel grody or something that you're going to regret in the morning. So you'll be fun. You'll still tell jokes. They won't be self-depreciating jokes, which I, I really love about myself now that I don't do that. You will not find me beating myself up or berating myself in front of others to get a laugh anymore. And that was something that even kind of irked me then when I was sober but or when I was drinking, but I couldn't seem to stop it. Couldn't seem to stop that negative just constantly little digs at myself. Like, what was that even all about? That doesn't happen now. So you'll tell jokes, but they won't be against yourself. You will smile, but it won't be in an evil way because you're making fun of somebody else. You won't dance on bars at 3 a.m., but you'll still dance. You know what I mean? You'll just kind of reinvent yourself a little bit and you'll your your fun will be different. So right now I legit can't wait for my son to go to bed sometime so I can knit. 
Like, that's my new fun. I know that sounds like an old lady thing, but it's fun and it's back in style. So pick up yourself a little knitting needles and and learn something new. Because that's that's the thing. We've spent so much time drinking and spending our lives revolving around alcohol. And I mean, the time spent wasn't just actually physically drinking. It's thinking about it. It's making sure we purchase it. It's making sure we're thinking about how we're going to get home or how much we're going to have and trying to negotiate and doing, you know, trying to moderate and all these stupid things. You are not going to believe how much more time you have when you quit. And it may feel at first like boredom. But that's only because you don't know what it's like to have that time back. You're actually gaining time back in your life. So you can make your own fun. Right now we're putting in a shower outside. That never would have happened if we were still drinking. Like that is going to be something cool and new. I started a garden. I've got chickens. I'm, I've started jump roping. I love taking walks with my little boy. I pick him up and, you know, walk with him all the time after school. And so it's just going to be a different kind of fun. I really enjoy going to get ice cream with him. I really enjoy watching his basketball games now and his soccer games. And I'm not sitting there with wine. I might have a bunch of coffee. I may have who knows what, sparkly waters, whatever. But I am not drinking and I'm not dreading and I'm not planning you know, my life around alcohol anymore. And so I am having fun. I'm having an amazing little life now that was never going to be if I was still drinking. And I I almost notice it daily. I'm like, that would never would have happened if I was still drinking. That never would have happened. That never would have happened. So you'll be fun. Do not worry about it. And your friends that stick around, yay. And the ones that don't, fine. I do. Like my best friend who her and I have been drinking together for decades. God, soon I'll be like centuries, but no decades. And she, she travels a lot. So it's not really that big of a deal. But when she comes into town, now she can have some wine and I'm fine with it. Now we can hang out. But in the first 30 days, it was very, very, I I didn't, I couldn't go near her because she was a trigger for me to drink and to smoke. So, so in the first little bit of time, you kind of want to seclude yourself anyway, and not try to be fun. You do not need to be worrying about being fun. You need to worry about getting sober and staying sober for 30 days because that's that's the first little bit of time. And so I wanted to mention to you, you probably already know, but we have a Breakup with Booze challenge coming up this Monday, Monday, February 20th. I waited for after Valentine's Day to give you this because I knew you'd want to drink wine and I'll eat all the chocolate and do all the things. So it's going to start Monday. It's a four day live challenge. It's every night I'll be live and I will be recording it. So if you're registered, I will send you the recording to your email so you can follow along there if you can't miss or if you can't make those evenings. And it comes with a free workbook and it is transformative and unforgettable and you will love it. It has already changed a lot of lives of the women who have taken this challenge. You don't have to have your camera on. You don't even have to be there in person, but you should definitely start here if you're even curious about being sober because it is eye-opening. It is four days of just like, so day one is spotting the red flags in your relationship with alcohol. What are the red flags for you? And it's customized. So I'm going to be live. Yes. But in the end, I'm going to open it up to for all of us to talk. So I'm going to get to know each and every person that's there. And I give you homework at the end of every night. Day two is visualizing. It's finding our core values because a lot of us don't know what they are because we've been like for me, I've been drinking since I was 13. So my core values went way out the window 
what I didn't even have any core values, really. So I had to rediscover what that is. So this will help you do that, get you realigned with yourself. Then we're going to learn how to close the door on booze, if that's what you want to do. Then we're going to talk about health and preparation, getting ready for your sober journey. So this is not a commitment to get sober. This is not a 31-day dry challenge. This is a four-day come and see what this whole thing is all about. Take a peek inside sobriety and see if it's something that might interest you. And I know whether or not you decide to get sober forever or don't decide to get sober at all, this will benefit you in more ways than one, whatever your sober journey is. So check it out at breakup.vibewithstephanie.com. And the seats are filling up quickly. Grab your spot. And then if you sign up now from this podcast, you will get a free workbook included that you will love. Everybody loves this workbook, helps you with alignment and health. It's got a trigger tracker in there. It's mindset stuff. These are things that are going to help you whether you're on your sober journey or not. So it's great. It is packed with value and I hope to see you there. Bye.